could just say Negro co-host. <laughs> no. <laughs> and he wakes up on a literal bed of horrors. <laughs> oh, so that's why it looked like a Tauntaun. Okay, there we go. <laughs> Hello there, and welcome to the Amateur Movie Critics Podcast. I'm your Irish host, Red, and this is my Native American co-host. You could just say Negro co-host. <laughs> no. <laughs> Don't use that other word they say in this movie. <laughs> oh, God, no. There's just so many... Every time they they said, I don't know, pick whatever racially explicit epithet you want to enter in here. Every time they said something like that, I just wrote it in all caps in my notes. <laughs> um, so yeah, I was like, I forgot what? how many times they said the N-word in this movie until I watched it. Wait, we haven't even said so what much movie racism. We, we watched it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry everyone, so we're... <laughs> For for episode four, we're gonna be reviewing the 2002 film Gangs of New York. On my challenge, by the ancient laws of combat, we are met at this chosen ground to settle for good and all. Who holds sway over the five points? Us natives, born rightwise to this fine land. For the foreign hordes defiling it. By the ancient laws of combat, I accept the challenge of the so-called natives. You plague our people at every turn. But from this day out, you shall plague us no more. For let it be known that the hand that tries to strike us from this land shall be swiftly cut down. Then may the Christian Lord guide my hand! Against your Roman popery, prepare to receive the true Lord. Yeah! Uh, here is Peter to tell you some about this movie. Uh, okay, so the movie we watched was Gangs in New York. <clears throat> the tagline for the movie was uh, "America was born in the streets." Um, the synopsis is set in New York City between 1840 and 1863. This is a story of a young man named Amsterdam who seeks vengeance against Bill the Butcher Pool. Who, a man who killed his father as a result of a war between two powerful Manhattan gangs. Hmm. Okay, so I'm just going to put this out there. I called him Jack the entire movie. Oh, I did too. So, uh, Amsterdam, literally that name never stuck. I wasn't sure if that was his real name or not. I I don't know either, because they called him Amsterdam, but then like they never like said the little kid's first name. So maybe that was his name. No, they didn't. Yeah. So maybe that was his first name. Liam Neeson Jr., maybe? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure if Liam Neeson is Irish or not. I think he is. But he's, he was the only one with an actual accent, I'm pretty sure, besides, you know, Mad-Eye from Harry Potter. <gasps> which that I called the original Mad-Eye, Mad wasn't it? Yeah, it was hard for me to recognize him until I heard his voice. And I was like, oh, that's definitely him. Oh my god. And John C. Riley. Wait a second. Okay, so the movie is directed by Martin Scorsese. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, that makes so much sense now. Okay. I didn't even look up the director. <laughs> and it stars uh, Leonardo, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio as Amsterdam Valen, 
Daniel Day-Lewis as Bill the Butcher Cutting. Cameron Diaz, okay. for some reason, as Jenny Everdeen. Uh, you know, I appreciated her in this yeah. movie, even though she had a terrible Irish accent. It, oh, it was the worst. Yeah. I mean, uh, well, her, her Irish accent was on par with everyone else's in the movie, though, so. And then, um, yeah, those are the three main leads. But there's also Jim Broadbent, John C. Riley, uh, Liam Neeson. Yeah, I usually just stick with the, I mean, as far as the cast goes, I usually stick with the people, usually the top three people who were paid the most attention to in the movie, and the rest, I'm like, eh, yeah, there were other people in it, too. I always have a good, like, a top five. You know what? There's one guy in the background, and I could not, like, I've seen him in so many movies, but I couldn't put my finger on it, and I... Was he there during the wrestling match? No, no, no. He was, like, um, he was, um... Tweed's like assistant. Tweed, who is Tweed? Tweed was the, the, oh, the wait, politician. Oh. Yeah, that's right. Oh, Professor Tweed from Harry Potter, right? Slughorn. Wasn't that? He was no. Slughorn in Harry Potter. Slughorn. Yeah. Okay, no. I am very bad at that. That guy specifically in Harry Potter evaded me. Which, yeah, Professor Slughorn was in this too. I just called him the politician <laughs> the whole time. Yeah, because they never actually said his name, but he was all like Galahan. So I thought his name was Galahan for a while. It's not. No, I yeah. So, so was his name Tweed in yeah. the movie, or was it the actor's name? Okay, no, his so name is Tweed. Tweed in the movie. The actor's is Jim Broadbent. Okay, there, there you go. So I know nothing about this actor. He is actually a British actor, though I believe. Yeah. Okay, so I guess getting into the recap review, or I guess initial thoughts portion of this movie, right? Yeah. Uh, well, okay, so I've only seen this movie, like, twice before. I don't like watching movies more than once, but I saw this movie twice before, and I loved it. And then I watched it this time with, like, I was, like, picking it apart. I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't like it so much on third viewing. You know, I have to say it wasn't bad. It was painfully long. It wasn't bad, though. They They were definitely going for something. It was just so long. It was, I have a point in my notes where I write, is this a Shakespearean play? Because, you know, some, some movies are, like, very, you know, obviously drawing their inspiration from Shakespearean plays. I don't know enough about Shakespeare, to be honest, to draw a parallel between this and anything else. Well, the movie, the movie was, like, a, <clears throat> excuse me, the movie was, like, Scorsese, like, decided to make this movie, like, like the 70s and it just took him like 30 years to make so this was like oh that explains the use of the n-word okay <laughs> so much uh, i think i wrote so much racism at least twice in my notes yeah it's just oh, so oh much my I, I forgot how racist the movie is too um just like when i rewatched hairspray and i was like oh this is really racist um that's a the original Hairspray or I, the remake? I was watching the TV. The TV, the live TV one. <clears throat> okay, I've never I seen it before. So I was like, I did not know this is what this is about. Yeah, I actually, okay, yeah. The actual storyline of Hairspray? Yeah. Yeah, that was, it was, yeah, that was kind of racist. It was very, well, either way, we're not talking about Hairspray right now. Maybe we can <laughs> in the future. Another day. Okay, yes. so let's Since get we have on three to three hours worth of movie to tackle. 
Oh my god, let's get through this. So, there's a holy war, right? I, no, I think it was just a, you know, a race war, as one would put it. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, first off, this movie opens in what I assumed was the seventh circle of hell. Yeah, I, that whole set, that whole mining, what I thought was a mine, but it was actually like a brewery, uh, the strangest thing ever. I don't know. Was that a brewery? It was so surreal that I didn't even understand what that building or underground mole hole was i think it was the church it was like catacombs under the church but they also the whole movie almost all takes place in a building next to it which was like a brewery i think it said old brewery on it and it was just like multiple levels of scaffolding it was just really strange i i was taking in so much from this movie i've never seen this movie before so i had no i i hadn't no time to notice any of this. I was just so busy taking in all of the violence and everything. I actually, the first note I wrote was that there's not enough blood. And then I immediately wrote, there's too much blood. Because <laughs> they were fighting, right? And then I was like, oh, so this is like they're reenacting something, right? Because no one's bleeding yet. And no. then suddenly that chick bites off that dude's ear and it gets real ugly. Yeah, I, oh man, that, that initial fight scene is amazing. It was good. That, I, that biting chick with her, like, cat claws, and she's, like, ripping out people's throats. Yeah, and she had, like, filed teeth. So, she was pretty scary looking. I wouldn't... I forget what they say became of her. Like, she drank all... Like, she opened a, a like, bar and drank all of her liquor or something. Yeah, and she was just, like, living on the streets. Yeah. I, either way, <laughs> so there's a race war... Uh, there's a religious race war, and uh, Mad Eye comes out. Though I called this guy Mad Eye because right after I, right after I saw the guy who played Mad Eye, I saw this guy and I was like, okay, he's Mad Eye for sure because of the eyeball thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what is it, Brendan Gleeson, right? I I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's Brendan Gleeson. I am. Okay, yeah. That is the right name for that person. Okay, yeah. Uh, Bill the Butcher. The Butcher, I called him Mad-Eye. He, I liked the eye. It was very reminiscent of that Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. The name is escaping me now. I was just kind of hoping that at some point throughout the movie, he would change that eyeball to a different thing. Like a, like, like a war eye? Like, I'm going to like, war, let me swap my eye real quick. Yeah, like it would change from an eagle to like an American flag. Or it would change to, like, a smiley face or something. <laughs> uh, that would have been amazing. Yeah, so... <clears throat> who's that? that? Daniel Day-Lewis is one of my favorite actors because he, he gets so immersed in his role. Uh, like, so, like, for when he was doing this role, he wore a glass contact lens the entire time. Really? Yeah, and he would poke his eye with a knife. Ah. Uh. So that whole eye poking with knife thing, so he actually did that then? Yeah, no, that was real. Uh, I saw that and I was like, okay, so he must have just been doing it right above the eyeball. No, that was yeah. legit uh, him poking his eye with a knife. Uh, speaking of cringy things, the straight razor shaving at the very beginning, with the sound of the razor going over the little hairs, I was like, my skin was crawling. 
Oh yeah, it's like chalkboard. Nails on chalkboard. Ugh, I don't like that at all. And then he cuts himself, which is the thing that you're most afraid of when you see someone doing that. Yeah, but he did it on purpose. Did he? I wasn't yeah. sure. I'm pretty sure, because later on, Leonardo... Leonardo... Uh, Leonardo... Valen... Uh, Amsterdam... Uh, let's just Jack. call him Jack. <laughs> Jack does... He cuts himself in, like, the same location with the, the same knife. Yeah. That... I'm not sure if that... I thought maybe that... Uh... Liam Neeson, I, I want to call him Taken Man so bad, <laughs> that Liam Neeson cut himself by accident, and then maybe that was, like, sort of symbolic after that. Because he did tell him, no, don't wipe it off, the blood stays on, so maybe he did do that on purpose. I'm not sure. Uh, oh, man, Let, let's not get caught up on the small things when we still have two uh, and a half hours left. Yeah, we're still in the first five minutes here, so, <laughs> so the war uh, happens, it's awesome. Yeah, the Dead Rabbits gang loses. Yeah. Which, I I didn't understand the Dead Rabbits thing, I wish they had explained that. I guess it was just a I cool think, name. Wait, I, well, he said something about, like, um, we must remember the dead, that's why we call ourselves the Dead Rabbits. Okay. At the very end. Okay, yeah. Wait, the like the very very end of the movie. Yeah, like which... right before the last fight. Yeah. Also, this is a good point to yell out, "Hey, listeners! Spoiler warning! We're gonna spoil the hell out of this movie." So, yeah, stay tuned. So the the war is over and whatever. Liam Neeson was he fatally wounded? Cause Bill definitely kills him, or was he just like accepting his fate at that point? I don't know. Be- I think he was fatally wounded because. The butcher's like, this is how you kill people lesson in the second act. That would make sense because it's like exactly where he stabbed his father. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Right in the kidneys. Vital vital wound point. So, you know, they catch the kid. They cart him off somewhere. They don't really describe where, but they try and make a Christian out of him because that always works for prisoners of war. (laughs) And they tell him, you're free, go out in the world. No one ever reports on him to Bill the Butcher. No, and then and then he gets like released from the, the prison, and then immediately throws the Bible he was just given into the water. Very symbolic. That was. I thought that was funny, but I also thought, did they really think that that would stick at all over the years that they had him? They just wasted a Bible, like the paper that that was printed on. The funny thing is the priest is all like, remember, don't go avenging anybody. (laughs) He's like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So he goes to avenge his father, poor Liam Neeson, who paid the ultimate price for for no reason at this point. I I had no... I didn't really get any of it at that point. I was still sort of just... I didn't understand any of it. Also, all the top hats that the Butcher's gang wore, I didn't get that. That's kind of why I thought it was, like, a reenactment of something. I was like, oh, so this is, like, Abraham Lincoln sort of thing. The well, movie... The, movie is, the movie is set in, what, 1862? So oh. I guess that was, like, the fashion then. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if the, if the, the year caption came up at that point or not yet but it just the whole thing read so surreal to me i didn't realize what that it was supposed to be a certain time until 
the actual like date flashed on the bottom of the screen. That's true. I can see how that's confusing. It's like I didn't quite believe that it was supposed to be a certain time. I was like, oh, this is New York, right? I was like, I thought, oh no, this isn't New York. Is this, this is like they're reenacting something and then they're going to go into the actual New York of that time or something. Oh I, man, you literally had no idea what this movie was about. Yeah, I I didn't know anything other than the picture on the, uh, and the, other than the name and the poster, I didn't know anything about this movie. And the poster well, it, was just about as descriptive as Titanic, so. <laughs> well, it is loosely based off of true events. See, I was I was thinking this might be based off of true events, the way that they're, the way that they're they're spinning exact locations like you know, Thirtieth Street and Fifth Street and all these different places. I thought, okay, so this these might be actual news reports. Maybe I wasn't sure if it was based off anything or if they were just trying to pull that into it. Maybe. Well, like the the Bill the Butcher character is based off of a real person who was a gang leader at Five Points in New York. Um. But there wasn't, like, a Valen priest who was trying to kill him or take him over, as far uh, as I know. Well, that's um, Also, the riots, the draft riots did happen, so... Okay, that part I sort of thought, this must be, like, they're, they're pulling some sort of historical event into it. So, Amsterdam, he's ready to go avenge his father by killing Bill the Butcher, right? Yeah. And so... The first thing he does is go get his father's knife. Yeah, and almost gets, like, he gets attacked for that. And he's like, I don't want to fight anyone. And then he fights them anyway. Yeah, he fights the one black guy in the movie. The the main character, uh, the main black guy. And then um, his childhood best friend? I'm not sure, because that guy introduced himself to him. So I guess maybe he thought, he's like, I'm the one who helped you once upon a time ago. So maybe that was a f- that back during that war where his father died that was the first time they ever met maybe i find that hard to believe though i just called him johnny boy throughout the movie his name was johnny so yeah johnny boy who he's i don't know he was kind of a dick but he was also kind of stupid and then jimmy is the name of the the black kid jimmy and johnny so jimmy and johnny (laughs) they're his new best friends once they figure out who he is So they're going to help him. They're not even going to help him take down Bill. They're just going to help him reassimilate. They don't know any of his big, no, deep No, no one knows any of his plans at all. So they're like, yeah, they're introducing him to the town. They, what, uh, Cameron Diaz shows up at this point. Which I, I was like, hey, Cameron Diaz, all right. Uh, she pickpocketed Jimmy John, or was it Jimmy Boy, Johnny Boy? And was it... Did she pickpocket Leo at that point yet? No, she did not. But he okay. was all like, because Leo was like, you just lost all your money. And he was like, I let her do that. <laughs> no, you didn't. No, you didn't. Stop like right now. Yeah, no, just not. It's like, oh, I loosened it for her. No. You're literally the worst character in this movie. Yeah, I was, I don't know. He's very much the Brutus character. The, the little bit of Shakespeare I know. He's the Brutus character who's like, oh, hey, he's the, he's the well-meaning best friend. Like, nope, he's actually just an asshole. But for now, he's that doofus who just lost all of his money to Cameron Diaz. Who, she did well in this movie, 
but I noticed that she she had a really thick Irish accent that sometimes she didn't use at all. I'm like, so is she Irish? She just, I don't know. The red hair just sort of didn't didn't look right to me. It looked like she dyed her hair red, which I'm not she sure did. if that was a wig. She dyed her hair red pretty, for this I'm movie. pretty sure she did. Well, either way. It didn't look good on her. It just, she looked like she had, well, she looked like she had dyed hair. <laughs> and was putting on a fake offensive accent. The least offensive thing of this movie by far. There's a lot of Irish hate that they put out there, and that was actually a thing. So they were being sort of, you know, true to that, I guess. Well, well yeah, so like Bill's whole thing, he doesn't want any immigrants coming into this country. Um, uncannily, like what's happening right now in the real world, we'll talk about that. <laughs> Oh God! Please, but no like... politics. <laughs> Just can't deal with it right now. No, it's the worst. Right now oh. is the worst. Um, yes. So his whole platform is: we don't want them in the country, but they're coming in anyway. Well, like um, <clears throat> Tweed, he wants to use all the incoming Irish to for... vote for him. Yeah, but those people elections. were being immediately citizenized. Like they were immediately citizens as soon as they stepped off the boat. Yeah. So I don't know why Bill was so upset about this. Obviously, these people were becoming citizens whether he liked it or not. He, well, Bill was mad because he only liked people who were born in the country, which is why he, he called themselves was Native okay Americans. with Jack. Yeah. Didn't <laughs> I just immediately thought, so you're the only Native Americans on this continent. There's so many head shakes and things that I just can't say about this movie because of how offensive it would sound. <laughs> There's a lot of uh, a lot of hate towards the Catholics. There is, yeah. I don't. I mean, I guess that makes sense because that's like a reformed church. That was a big thing that was you know over there during that time, and it was very separate from I guess what was the American ideal, which was. Protestantism, I think. I don't know. History, not my best su subject, but it was supposed to be like, you know, pulling away from organized religion and everything and being free and your own person and all that good Yankee stuff. It just, I didn't know enough about New York at this time, or I really don't know enough about history, to be honest, for this to read accurate or not. It just seems so surreal to me, the entire thing. I mean, maybe that's the point Scorsese was trying to make. Like, he purposely made it very surreal, especially with the camera shots, the super large sets. I the whole thing did feel surreal. Like, none of it felt real. Yeah, it it really didn't. So, just the. I don't know. I think I'm I'm getting off too far into the weeds here. We're only like ten minutes into this movie still, so. I mean, there's no way we're gonna be able to go to go over this movie beat by beat. Yeah, there's no, for sure. No way. I guess jumping ahead here, Leo's in front of Bill, and he's ready to prove himself by beating the shit out of that guy who calls, who who's not sure, if they're fiddling bins or chiselers. That's. That was the fight. Yeah, was... I have no idea. I was very confused, too. Um, I felt like someone punched me in the face. He described the he described what a fiddlin' bin was, 
and Leo yeah. or Jack or was it Amsterdam? He was like, well, I don't know what that is, but if you're calling me a chiseler, well, then I'm upset. And he's, I was like, but he just described to you exactly what that was, so you should know what that is now and either take offense to it or not. The guy had to confirm that he was calling them chiselers as well, and then he got mad and beat the shit out of that guy pretty soundly, I think. Yeah, but then um, uh, Bill, Bill immediately was like, I like this kid. I'm going to take him under my wing and make him my second in command. Yeah, that happened really quick. I mean, suddenly Leo went from wearing that, I don't know, very, I don't know, period-appropriate hat to wearing a top hat, which was also period-appropriate, but in a different way. Suddenly he became one of that gang, which didn't he already start on with a different gang and then immediately drop them? I was he expecting did. some sort of fallout from that. Well, there was. That's why the, the, not Jimmy, Johnny, that's why Johnny was so mad, right? He was jealous of Leo's rise to power. I know he was also jealous of, like, Cameron Diaz falling in love with him, but that's a whole different story arc. Really? I didn't see the whole rise to power thing. I didn't see Johnny Boy much throughout this entire movie until the point at which he... The most pointed thing I saw was him seeing uh, Leo and Cameron getting it on, and then he's all upset. And then he goes and rats him out. I just assume he was always just off camera, just sneering at Leo. Like, what are you doing? Well, he is that guy who saved him a long time ago, so he should forever owe him his fealty. <laughs> you know, just the same way that everyone owes Bill. How dare you forget about Jimmy and Johnny? I know, right? But you so... know what? Johnny, or wait, Jimmy. Jimmy, the, the black one, he was in the background of like every scene. He was. I did notice him a few times. So I was like, wait, he's been here the whole time. He's like totally part of that gang. I wasn't sure if he was part of that gang or not. It just, people seemed so averse to every single black person there. I was surprised that he was in a gang that wasn't made up of black people because they seemed to be a, def besides the Irish, they seemed to be a definite minority here. You know, them yeah. and... The that lovely uh word that we use for Asian people as well. God, I, so... I love it. I love it when they went over all the gangs and they're mm. like, I think the Yiddish. They're like, they have a language we can't understand them. Whatever. <laughs> and they're like, and they're like, and these are the fat, ugly prostitutes that will only have sex with those guys. <laughs> oh my gosh, I didn't hear them call them the Yiddish. So. No, but it is Yiddish, right? I assume that it is Yiddish, right? I wasn't sure. I I didn't hear what they called that gang. I had absolutely no idea what that language was just speaking. I was like, so they're like foreign too, but they don't know the foreigners who sure, don't understand English. I'm pretty sure it was like Pennsylvanian Quaker. They speak Yiddish. I or am I making things up and I have no idea what I'm talking about? It could be a mixture of all the things I just said. I have literally no idea either, but I could see... I don't know. Yeah, it is Yiddish, a language used by uh, the Jewish community in Central and Eastern Europe. Oh, it's totally okay. Yiddish. It had to be Yiddish. So, the Jews. Okay. No one's ever hated on them before or after. So, Leo becomes Mad-Eye's special boy after he 
decides that the city limits, it's not okay to box inside the city limits, but outside the city limits on that floating boxing ring barge, that's the perfect place to hold a boxing match. Oh, they totally explained that, though. Yeah. Because they're like, this is the only place where it's legal, out in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I guess that makes sense. There's... I guess these days it's a, there's a little more of a distinction, but they technically weren't in the city, so they had an illegal boxing match, which seemed like the most legal thing they had done the entire movie. Can we flash, I guess, back or forward to the point at which they're looting a burning building and all of the fire departments come to fight each other instead of fight the fire? And then they're just all like, well, steal everything out the building next door. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. They base. I I was shocked that this entire city hadn't burned to the ground yet, based solely off of the lack of efficacy of the fire department alone. They're just trying to just show like the different levels of the quote unquote gangs of New York, because there's even gangs within the fire department and the police department. I guess and, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, and they all hate each other. Literally, everybody hates each other. Yes. They everyone hates each other. There's lots of racism, lots of crime, and lots of tits. That's what I took away from this movie. Lots of tits. Well, not lots of tits, but at certain points, suddenly so many. I also would like to point out that Mad Eye, he suddenly wakes up in the middle of the night because his glass eye is itching to go talk to Leo about how old he is. And he wakes up on he, he's in a whorehouse first off and he wakes up on a literal bed of whores and i thought this must be how he sleeps every night because he's like the kingpin right yeah so i think this might actually be the way he spends his entire life which you know no judgment from me good for you mad i mean but he also he only loves women with no scars yeah that's really hard to find especially for the time Well, Cameron Diaz points that whole thing out. What she didn't mention until later is that the reason the scar was on her is because of him. Did you hear the part where she said, after they cut the baby out? Yeah, so it was like his baby, I guess. I I would assume so, yes, because she said something about being like 12 years old and him not touching her until she wanted it. Yeah. Which, that makes it even worse. So it's like, oh, he doesn't, so much worse. He doesn't want to touch her anymore because uh, he put a baby in her, didn't want it there, so he had someone cut her in half, and then he wasn't as into it anymore. But do, you, do you think that means like he doesn't like any women who had children before? I don't know. She didn't have a child. They just chopped that thing right out of her in literally the worst direction possible. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't even like... It wasn't even like a C-section, it was off to the right. Yes, it was It was not centered and it was going vertical. That was someone, it looked like someone attacked her. I was like, oh my gosh, she was like, she, was, she said something about baby, and I thought she, she meant like when she was a baby. I was like, oh, she got a hysterectomy as a baby, so like she was sold as a whore or something. I wasn't sure, but nope. It's that a 19th, or no, I'm sorry, 18th century... No, 19th century doctors and medicine just cut it out. That's okay. very strange. Wait, so fighting on the boat, 
Uh, random cameo by uh, P.T. Barnum from the circus. What? Which is, yeah, the, the P.T. Barnum? Yeah, the Barnum and Bailey. I have no idea who that was. Okay. Okay. It was just a random guy, and he was, like, setting up the fights. That's the oh, guy that's, who started that's okay. the circus. And I only realized that, because they called him Barnum the entire movie, and I only realized that until the elephant at the end of the movie walked by saying Barnum Circus. And I'm like, this makes so much sense now. Oh, I didn't get that at all. I just noticed the elephant, and I immediately thought of Jumanji. So, <laughs> was this was it before or after he became Mad Eye's favorite that he followed Cameron Diaz around and she did her whole Catwoman routine? That was before. Okay, because the Catwoman thing that was awesome. She was probably the most efficient pickpocket I had ever seen. Yeah, going through all of her, like, her cons. Yeah, I mean, the point, he runs into her in the morning, like, the very early morning, so she's just starting her day, and she steals his medal, which is why he runs runs after her. By probably the end of the morning, she rips open her shirt, and she's like, I don't know which medal is yours. She has, like, 20 different medals underneath her shirt. What? So that means she's actually picked a few of those off of different people, because... She would have just had the one if she had only taken one medal and then taken the necklaces from that house. That's true, but she, yeah, she, so, yeah, she was working on houses, I think she, like, she got um, people on the restaurant, tram. the tram, yeah, she was just, she was very, very efficient at her job. She, she at one point said she saved 10 cents of every dollar she ever made, and she has $210. Does that... That doesn't calculate properly for what it was she had on her person of stuff that she stole. And she wasn't giving uh, Bill a cut either, so... Yeah, she should have been rolling in it by that point. She should have been pretty well set up, actually. But she was wearing a different dress every single scene, so... Oh, there you go. So, 50% of her budget went to her wardrobe. (laughs) And then another 25% went to the red hair dye. Yeah. So, yeah. Where, where am I on my notes? Because I've entirely abandoned all my all notes. Over the place. Yeah, we are all over the place. This is going to um, be the least orderly episode yet. <laughs> but it's okay, because if I were to listen to a podcast to get the gist of the way a movie goes, well, you know, I would hope that I had watched it first. Did something happen? Oh yeah, that's right. The public hangings. That was awesome. I don't remember. Really? There. Okay. So there was the the politician guy, and he's like, "Oh, we need we need something to make the voters trust us more again." And then Mad Eye's like, "Oh well, we need to hang some people publicly." And he's like, "But who?" And he's like, eh. "He's like, uh, I don't know, just some." Just some people, low lives, someone that's not affiliated, a few people that aren't affiliated, three or four of them. And Mad Eye asks, which, three or four? And he says, four. And so suddenly there's these four people, they're coming up, and they're like, it's like they're on American Isle or something. They're all smiling and they have the bags like tilted up over their heads and they're ready to get hung publicly or hanged. I swear I do not remember this part. 
Are you serious? Oh my god. Well, apparently, I guess they they just they hanged them in the middle of the square. And they were and all happy like, about it. They weren't so much happy about it. They all. It was like a show or something. It was so weird. It was like Mad Eye was there and he was talking to all of them as they were going up the thing. I at first didn't realize they were being hanged. Until the one guy, he was like, that's a nice locket, I'll give you a dollar for it. And he was like, it was my mother's. And I was like, I'll give you a dollar fifty for it then. And he's like, okay, I'm gonna die anyway. And so then he gives that locket to to Cameron Diaz. And that's why... Oh my god, I remember that scene now. I didn't realize that they were being hanged. Yeah, no, they hanged <gasps> those guys. I know, because it, it was so surreal. I was like, no, this isn't it, is it? Oh my god, they're hanging them. And they're like standing up there and they had the things around their neck. And then they showed them falling and everyone was like, woohoo! And everyone clapped and then there was dancing <laughs> afterwards. That was also the, the part of the movie in which uh, Jack was like, why is, uh, what is their connection? Rose's and uh, Bill's connection. I just called her Rose. Yeah. Cameron Diaz. <laughs> you know... A, a different redhead, a different movie, same guy. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's, it's all the same. <laughs> a similar time period, I guess. So the public hangings. Oh god. All right. Oh my gosh, I'm looking through my notes and I just found the note potato eaters. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. So <laughs> getting back to the potato eaters. Um <laughs> There's, there, there was the um, public execution, and then Leo tells Cameron that he doesn't want to sleep with her because he thinks that she has been getting around with Bill, and that's not the whole story, which, no. you know, he tells her, he's like, I'm done with you, whatever, and that's basically all we see of them and them for a while until, was it the play, right? No, well, yes, until the play, but like that happened right after the the but... mating ceremony. It was so strange. Oh yeah, she was that's like right. she was like queen of the area or something. I think that she... happened like as a part of the hanging, like as some sort of festival thing. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. They were back in the brewery. Wait, was place, that right? was that the festival of like when he killed his father? Maybe that's what it was. I don't... Yeah. No. Didn't no, because they... that happened later on with the Chinese yeah, that people, did. right? Yeah, no, that happened... Yeah, because he was... Because that's when Bill was drinking the fire, and that's when he tried to kill him the first time around. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I don't this, know. We're that, still not only like confusing. a quarter of a way through this movie at this point, I guess. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, wait. So the play. So the play happens, random guys are like, I don't like Bill. Let me try to shoot him. And Leo saves him. I thought that was stupid, poetic, and also it sort of was reminiscent of the whole... The guy who tried to shoot him, I called him Booth, like Wilkes Booth, immediately. <laughs> I was like, hey look, he's trying to shoot that guy in a top hat in a theater. Oh, hey, okay. Wow, Abraham Lincoln is hanging from the ceiling. I know. <laughs> That's the ironic part. <laughs> that was the best part. I was like, this is real weird. And that but... play was Uncle Tom's Cabin, which is just uh, so it? funny. Yeah, it totally was. I, I really have no idea what that is, so 
It, it, well, it's just, a, it's just a book about racism in the South. Oh, well, then it's in the perfect place. Cause oh, yeah. No, no. It's perfect. Doesn't the the audience then break into a chorus of kill the... Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just so much racism in this movie. Oh, gosh. Also, the very quick flash of what I noticed was blackface among the actors on the stage. Yeah. I was like, whoa, this movie's getting it all in there. Awesome. It has to be accurate. Yep. Um, I don't know. Just imagine being a person on the set of this movie and then seeing someone walk by in blackface. Not knowing, like, just being a PA. Being like, what are they doing in there? There's some, uh, I have some very interesting uh, facts about them filming this movie. Mm, Um, It was completely filmed in Rome. What? At yeah, <laughs> completely filmed in Rome, and they built the entire like five or six square blocks of that area, and fully furnished all the buildings. So literally all the sets they they built all the buildings, all the sets inside and out. Okay. And well... they just filmed there, including the docks, the warehouses, the like. This is the, all in Rome. The... Yeah, it's all in Rome. On a movie studio. I find that funny since, you know, like the biggest conflict, I mean, sort of, the biggest conflict was between Bill and the Roman Catholic Irish people. Yeah, it was filmed in Rome. It's very funny. Uh, There's just a lot of small things. There's so much irony in this movie. I'm not surprised if that wasn't done on purpose. Hmm. Oh my gosh, I'm losing my place here. So, public hanging, blah, 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 festival... Uh, uh, blackface. Yeah. Okay, so okay, so then Leo then starts crying in the basement because he could have let him die. Yeah, his whole thing—he wouldn't have had to kill anyone. He could have just let him die. Then does he start practicing his knife throwing skills at that point? Like, well, no, because Moody was all like, "I know who you are. You're an idiot. What is wrong with you? Leave while you can." Oh yeah, that's and then right. he's upset. And then that night they celebrated. Leo's getting like drunk and high, and then especially um, high. That was an opium den. I didn't yeah, realize it until Cameron came in. Definitely an opium den. It was an opium opium den slash whorehouse because that's also where Leo, or that's also where Jack made his um, bed of whores. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, and then um, what else? Oh, and then finally he like beats up Cameron Diaz, and then they start making out. Yeah, did he hit her in the face? I don't remember. Oh, he definitely punched her in the face. Oh, gosh. Well, you know, those plucky Irish (laughs) with the sometimes their accents. Because he had an Irish accent, but when he walks in there, he's like, is there anyone you haven't fucked? And she's like, just you. And there was no accent. There's no accent. No, they're just yelling. They're just yelling in their American accents, you know, trying throw off the people downstairs like oh it's just an american couple arguing no one will care uh so then they then they do the deed and they do um, and then uh bill wakes him up to tell him the sad story about how he cut out his eye and then gave it to the only honorable man he ever met i swear the he was talking to him and he's like i'm 47 years old i was like 47 (laughs) <laughs> How old is that for that time? You must be like a hundred years old for the day's standards. Gee whiz. Because, was it? 
1860-something. Yeah. How, how old do people... What was the average life expectancy at that point? And he was a gang leader. I mean... It has to be really low, especially, like, the scene where John C. Riley is, like, walking the rich people through the neighborhood. And she's like, is that guy dead? And he's like, yep. <laughs> Keep on going. Right. And that guy, those were some blue toes. She didn't have to ask. Oh, no, wait, she's like, is he drunk? And she's like, nope, he's as dead as a doornail. Let's go. I don't know why they were walking the rich people through that neighborhood, really. Only to introduce them. Oh, okay. Just to, oh, yeah, just to introduce them to Bill. And yeah, then, that's it. I don't... They didn't even matter. Like, they showed up in two more scenes. It really yeah. superfluous. The rich Not people... The, one of the scenes the rich people were in... Wasn't that the one where Cameron Diaz was robbing them? So That's they true. Were, they were just, like, in the front, really. Those rich people really were just there to show the class difference. And even then... Well, they called them, they called them the, their own gang. Just another gang inside of New York. Oh, God. So many gangs. Well, they called... He said something. I thought, okay, so this makes sense with what they're trying to do and why it's all so why the violence is so campy and why the crime is so blatant. I'm not sure if that's how it really was or not. I don't know. It wasn't there. But was it? He describes New York as a fire in which a city will be forged. That, I guess, a fire pit or something in which a city will be forged. Yeah. I, I guess that makes sense. It, like, for, there was, it was chaos, I guess. <laughs> there. Well, we didn't even get to that part yet either, because it hasn't even gotten that bad. No, no, we haven't even talked about, like, the draft and the war happening. Yeah. <sighs> There's so much in this movie. So... Um, Leo is irate that Bill woke him up in the middle of the night and told him about how he respected his father, and then Leo instantly was like, well, I gotta practice my knife throwing. Oh, Yeah. And Cameron Diaz doesn't understand a thing about him, but is madly in love with him. Yeah. For someone who is a pickpocket who has really been on her own, probably one of the ballsiest thieving pickpockets in the entire city, she's instantly in love with Leo, mostly because of his main character, Glow. And, and she's totally head over heels for him. He doesn't explain anything. She doesn't need explaining. She just knows that they're meant to be. She lets him. She just says, "I don't understand you," and that's the last we see of her until the Chinese theater scene. Like all the way, he practices his knife throwing and everything, and then was it was it Jimmy or John? John Johnny it's, boy. It's Johnny. Yeah. yeah. Jimmy John. But Jimmy's there. Man. Jimmy's becomes, there in the background. Yeah. Everywhere. Living it up. Everywhere Johnny goes, Jimmy's in the background somewhere. Even They're celebrating if it's a like Chinese New Year or something. I don't know. Uh, were they? No, they. That was the part at which they were celebrating the death of the priest. Because then he was like getting ready to drink the fire, and Jin, Johnny, well, Jimmy or Johnny, both of them as a unit, they tell Bill that. Leo wants him dead and who he really is. And he says, when, when Bill is like trying to stab his eyes out, he's like, should I stab you? And he's like, you don't know his real name. 
didn't didn't the plot synopsis say his real name was was it Amsterdam? Yeah, but he so, never said his last name, which is Valen, which was the name of the priest. See, that means you got more of his full name than I did. I was like, what is his name? I just called him Jack the entire time. Yeah, Once someone called him Amsterdam. Amsterdam Valen. I wasn't sure if that was his real name. I thought that was like an alias or something. I was like, okay. I don't know. I it could be anything. It, it was, he's on IMDb as Amsterdam Valen. So. Okay. It was his thug name. Oh, no. Just Amsterdam. Oh no. <laughs> oh god. Literally probably the least offensive thing that could be said of this movie. Uh okay, not the least. Um so what was it? Brutus he rats out Leo and then that whole knife thing in the theater, did you think that he was gonna kill Cameron Diaz? No. But I also was very confused on how somebody with one eye would have enough hand-eye coordination to throw knives. I don't know. I guess that was like his fighting skill at some point. It was, but then he cut out his own eye, so (laughs) why is that still a thing? I don't know. Muscle memory? No, just bullshit plot reasons, really. bullshit. But he was really bad. He was like kind of good at it, but then really bad at it. But then maybe, maybe he was, was good because he didn't care him. if he killed someone. That's like, true. I think that was it. It's like, if he kills someone, no one cares. There's not going to be any repercussions. So he just does it like he knows how to do it. But then he threw that knife through the locket. I was like, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah, that was actually really good. So he must be actually, I don't know. Again, bullshit plot reasons. The same way that Leo is a really good fighter and knows where to stab people to death, even though he grew up in a, like, I don't know, Christian prison camp or something, (laughs) where they, you know, taught him how to read the Bible or something, and not seek revenge on people. So, he, he almost kills Cameron Diaz, but not really, just kidding. And then Leo takes the most obvious opportunity to try and kill this guy with a throwing knife, which seems to be his skill. And then he deflects that throwing knife with his own throwing knife, which is insane. That made me think that this must be a superpower of his, and that blue eye is actually, that that blue eagle eye is actually like a laser targeting device. (laughs) Like he must have some special powers or something. Yeah. which is why I called him Mad Eye. Um, so then he sticks. He, then he sticks Jack with his knife, so much more efficiently. Jack didn't even know it was happening. Nope. I don't know why he didn't just kill him at this point. I don't know. Probably because he wanted to make him suffer. I don't know. Or maybe he was trying to pay back the priest for not killing him at that point. Maybe. Either way, it's a huge mistake. Yeah, it was. It was bad. It was none of that would have. Well, no, the whole draft riot thing would have happened still. But maybe he wouldn't have died if that hadn't happened. That's true. They were having a gang war at the exact same time there was the draft riot. Yeah, but also Tweed was really against him, and like, if I know one thing, it's that the the politician he's going to get his way. So. Yeah. I mean, the politician, 
the politician at the time of voting says something that I thought was so poignant, which is, the election isn't decided by how many ballots there are, it's decided by the ballot counters, now get back to counting. <laughs> I was like, oh, the truth behind that. Um, yeah, so Jack goes to the church, lives there, starts gathering an army. Um, and they get an official elected, Mad-Eye, right? Or yeah. yeah, so Tweed's all like, look, align with me, we'll help, I'll help you take out Bill, Mad-Eye Moody. Um, but he was like, no, we need to get a new sheriff elected, because I just killed the last one. <laughs> yeah. D- that's right, he killed John C. Riley before that point. So I, I didn't realize that John C. Riley actually was the sheriff. I didn't realize that, and also he said we need an Irish sheriff. Wasn't John C. Riley Irish? Yeah. But then he said, uh, he's, like, he said he wasn't Irish anymore. I th- there was one of the scenes where he's all like, that was, that was the old me. The old him still has a bullshit Irish accent the way the new him still has a bullshit Irish accent. In the end, it's still John C. Riley. So, I True. mean, what are we expecting out of this? The works I know him best from is Step Brothers and that Cirque du Freak movie. So, yeah. <laughs> What's ironic about him dying, though? He died hanging from the lamppost that he hung his watch on. I thought that was like a message or something. Like, you're not safe here anymore. I mean, first he hung John C. Riley, which everyone was like, oh, then he hung the rabbit, and that was a bigger deal than hanging John C. Riley. Yeah. <laughs> which, you know. Uh, understandable. I mean... Yeah, because the, the dead rabbits are outlawed. Yeah, that's like the... Uh, well, Voldemort showed his face again, so... There's a Harry Potter reunion in this movie. There really is. Yeah. Before Harry Potter was a thing, I guess, because it's a 2002 movie. So... E- so they get the... uh They get Professor Mooney, or Mad-Eye Mooney, elected to share... They get the real Mad-Eye elected to sheriff, and then this movie's Mad-Eye with the actual fake eye. There was a public assassination here of yes. epic proportions. So that was really ballsy of uh, Bill to kill him in front of everybody. With a butcher knife, which everyone called him the butcher. Yeah. So. Which well, is funny because Leo is always like, it just takes one act to make all of us go crazy. That was the one act. Which makes me wonder if he was trying to set that up. I don't know if he was. He seemed... There was a one point at which I thought, oh, he must be insane, like, for real. Because he started crying when he was talking to... He was talking to someone, he started crying. Was he talking to John C. Riley about the rabbit? He... Oh, I don't know. No, yeah, yeah. He was... Okay, so... The dead rabbit was first, then John C. Riley was next. Yeah. So we need to we need to get an order how our barn animals died here. So <laughs> what was it? He's telling John C. Riley that he needs to go find out who did the dead rabbit thing. Uh and make an example out of them. And he starts crying and I'm like, oh, he's like losing it. And he's like, over that poor rabbit, and then he starts laughing, and I'm like Oh, he's just actually already lost it. He's been crazy this whole time. Okay. Makes so much sense. Well, you know, prison your entire life would do that. Yeah, true. 
So he's obviously just an insane person who has lots of power. So of course he would publicly assassinate an elected official. Not surprised at all. So well, it it doesn't make him any different from Bill. They're literally two sides of the same coin. Yeah. Wait, who? Because mm. Bill killed John C. Riley, and then he killed. Uh, no, no. No, no, no. Jack killed John C. Riley, and then Bill killed the real Moody. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> all the nicknames are confusing me. If only we actually knew their real names. Well, I actually do. <laughs> oh, I don't. <laughs> I, you know, I actually did call Bill, Bill. Um, I, I actually don't know what the guy, what Mad Eye's name was. You know, the Harry Potter dude. Okay. Oh, in the movie, uh, it was um, Club. monk. Monk. Was it monk? Like yeah, it was monk. Like Tony Shaloub? Yeah. We're having a lot oh, of crossover man. from episodes that, here. That's a callback to episode two. Yeah. Uh, Hello from yeah, the future episode monk. two. So, yeah. Because they're like, we gotta get Monk uh, Sheriff, or Monk for Sheriff. That's right, I saw that. That was like a sign or something. I was like, Sheriff Monk. Hey! So, so I don't know. He also sort of sent a message where he killed him with his own bone club was that an actual bone it was a shillelagh a shillelagh like the instrument no it's a it's a irish club oh well again everything that i don't know <laughs> so yeah he like puts the 45th notch in it and then kills him with it so he didn't kill him with a butcher knife he killed him with a club his yeah. his own club no he's he Stabbed him in the back with the butcher knife, and yeah. then clubbed him to death with his own club, and then notched it in front of him. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I mean, well, you just said it stabbed him in the back. I mean, I don't know. It. Yeah, kind of. He was like, or do you want to settle this like gentleman and come inside and talk? And he's like, walks up there like he's going to talk to him, and then he throws a butcher knife at him and then kills him. It was, yeah. This whole thing got out of hand real quick. And basically everyone who wasn't, like, specifically a member of the two gangs that were going to war here, they went out for the riots instead. Yeah, pretty much. So, the riots go- I mean, what really happened here was the riots were going down, and this whole war thing, this whole gang war fell into the background. Well, I think Leo strategically did that because he knew that the draft was coming. So, like, because they were like, the draft is coming tomorrow, the draft is coming tomorrow, and then they had the funeral, and Leo was all like, I challenge you tomorrow morning. Or, I challenge you, and he was like, when? Tomorrow morning. Uh, so I think he wanted to do the the big war before the draft, but what ended up happening is the entire city started to riot instead. Okay, okay, okay. Because, There's like, so he wanted happened. to... Because he wanted all of his men to be there instead of drafted into the army. So he wanted that, that big fight before the draft. Okay. That makes sense. Either way, it didn't turn out that way for anyone. 
I mean, at this point, was it everybody dies, including Jimmy and John? Oh, that's right. Johnny, they didn't kill him. They just tortured him enough that made him want to die. And Leo was more than willing to oblige. Oh, he was going to die. There's no way he was going to survive with the pole through his back. Yeah. Oh, the pole was through his back? Yeah, it was a cast iron fence. And, like, they bent the pokey part and it was, like, stabbing through him. Oh. Oh, God. That's... It's, like, hanging there. That's nice. Enjoy the fence. So the worst thing that could happen near near, a cast iron fence. Cool. So... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what happened, yeah. Because, like, Leo touched his chest, and I, like, I believe what he was doing is he was feeling, like, the fence poking through his chest. Okay. Because I thought, I was like, you didn't have to kill him. He was like, it hurts too much. Kill me. And I was like, what? Don't, dude, don't be a pussy about it. Just, like, you know, throw some dirt on it like everyone else has from their horrible (laughs) injuries throughout this movie. (laughs) That's so true. A horrible injury. I mean, they branded leo's cheek and it just sort of healed up real real quick like that's so true yeah i don't know and the whole branding scene he you expected like some screaming or something or more brevity to it maybe that's why the burn didn't stick to him all that well and it just sort of healed up they set up the war and everything and was it oh yeah cameron diaz she's leaving to go west that day because she doesn't have to worry about the draft. She doesn't have any male relatives. She's truly worried about. The only person that she cares about is Leo. And he needs to stay there and do that. So she's ready to go. She's going to go west. Yeah, but she definitely was like, hey, I'm just going to leave you. Either you come with me now or you'll never see me again. She was being, being very manipulative. Yeah. But then she couldn't go, any, any, couldn't go anywhere anyway because the, the riots happened. Yeah, and... She, I thought she was going to die. I was like, oh no, she's going to die. So even if he doesn't win this war, then, oh well, I guess he lost everything else anyway. Which, even though she didn't die, he did lose everything else anyway. They went to San Francisco, is what I'm assuming happened at the end of the movie. Yeah. I think that's what happened, maybe. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. I I don't know. There's no more potato eaters left for them to enjoy, so... Time to go but, like, west. like, everybody dies in those riots. Literally everybody. Jimmy died, and he didn't even die fighting. He was just, like, walking somewhere. And they're like, let's go kill this black guy. Yeah. They're like, hey, look, there's another one. Get him. <laughs> I think someone actually said, get him. Yeah. And they all fell on top of him. Poor Jimmy. Well. And, and then the gangs start fighting. The military comes. And then the Navy starts just bombarding everybody with the uh, cannons. So basically, I mean, the city got blown all the hell. I'm surprised there was even one building standing at that point, because they were firing cannons into the city. No real target, because they were all the way out there in the harbor. He says that the riot lasted four days. It didn't appear to last that long movie-wise, but if this was an actual real event, then obviously it did. But for dramatic reasons, it lasted like... I don't know. It looked to be the course of an afternoon. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, because it ended like when when Bill died in the streets. Yeah, which I think he was going to die anyway because he had that thing stuck in him in his fatal spot, right? Yeah. 
but Leo had to deal the killing blow anyway. Yeah. I mean... And Cameron, D and Fi Cameron Diaz finds both of them dying on the ground, bloody. <laughs> she th assumes Leo's dead, but then he's just like, no, I'm still alive. Yeah, she, like, touches both of them, like, touches their heads, like, oh, you poor man, I'm so sorry. I'm gonna go to California now. But then he's like, no, I'm okay. And she's like, I really didn't want you to be okay, though. I don't <laughs> why, want Why couldn't you have died with all of your friends and the priests and the buildings? <laughs> he's literally the only person who survived. I think everybody else in the entire city died. But she was definitely right, though, because he was like, we gotta fight this war to end it. And she's like, it's not gonna end, because after you both die... There's gonna be a vacuum of power. Yeah, same thing's gonna happen again, which is true. Yep. Leo says something interesting in the voiceover, which is, the city didn't even charge for putting candles on top of all the bodies so we could see who they were. And that's when they find Jimmy dead. I know, it's like, <laughs> poor Jimmy. Oh no. no he was they our don't black wanna... friend. They don't want to give him a proper burial, first off, because he's not that important to them. And second off, the only person... But he was, in, he was in more of the movie than most of the main characters, because he was always in the background. He was always right there. I th was he in the very opening of the movie? Was there a black kid running around? I think so. So Yeah, yeah there was. was. In... There was, yeah. So he was even in the opening of the movie. He was in the entire because... movie. Because when they were chasing Leo, I was like, oh, look, little black kid. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, from the deleted scenes where Leo's growing up in that prison camp, Jimmy's also in the background there. <laughs> just watching from outside the prison. <laughs> Jimmy is a creature that exists only in the background. Uh, they give a fake burial to his father, and then they go to California, I assume. Yep. After the... The skyline turns into the modern skyline. Oh, yeah. Then it fades to black. Yes, that was the movie. Since that's the recap of the movie, you know, partial recap. Watch, honestly, watch the movie to understand how crazy it was, listeners. You just. It's good. I, I enjoyed it. Fucking. It, I, I really love this movie. It took me. It took me a while, but only because I was trying to work it in. If I had actually sat down, this is one of those movies that would have sucked me in if it was playing in the room, and I would have actually watched it and been like, whoa. Especially knowing that this was based off of real events, uh, however loosely or seriously, it was pretty good. Uh, so, I guess, done with the sort of recap, uh, now it's time for Peter's Amazon Hour. So... <laughs> Actually, I didn't. I didn't pull many reviews off Amazon. Uh, I found a whole bunch. I found some other places. Well, you know, with better reviews. Doesn't necessarily need to be Amazon. We'll just pretend it's Amazon for the sake of the listeners. <laughs> Peter's uh, Amazon-ish hour. <laughs> <laughs> the review corner. Uh, the yes. the bad review corner. Um, <laughs> here's here's a great one. Uh. It was, um, I didn't finish the movie. Towards the middle of the film, there was a black man coercing a Irish immigrant to vote with a knife. I figured after that, the movie was just going to de degenerate into PC version of what actually happened. Um, what? Wait. Oh, he gave that, he gave it one star. Okay. I don't know how you could call anything about this movie PC, but okay. <laughs> sure. I don't know. I guess the black man... He's talking about Jimmy. I guess yeah. Jimmy forcing that guy to vote was too PC for him. 
which I don't know how a black man forcing someone to vote is PC. I, I, don't, I don't know. Okay, well, maybe he meant no? Yeah, okay, whatever. Oh, I... <laughs> Here's a good one. Um, this movie is so violent, I watched it for two reasons. One, I'm still doing that miniature Daniel Day-Lewis marathon I was talking about. And two, I wanted to face what I was afraid of, and that is violence. This movie is the Goodfellas of the 19th century. I also explained to my parents that Sir Daniel is the master of disguise. One star. What? I don't I don't understand. This this review I definitely I did get off Amazon, but I don't understand how he's all like, I'm still doing that marathon I told you about. Who is he talking to? This is a review for a DVD. I don't get it. <laughs> okay, I was going to say maybe he has like a following on whatever site, but if that was an Amazon review for a DVD, well then I don't know. Maybe also, he has a pretend. Why is he afraid of violence? I don't get it. <laughs> I don't, this seemed like a Dear Diary entry that wasn't supposed to be read. <laughs> like a diary. private review? Can you do private reviews on Amazon? I don't think so. I don't know. <laughs> was, That's true. He was talking to his imaginary pen pal named Amazon. Uh, and then the last one. Uh, if this had not been a college-required viewing, I would have stopped watching it immediately. Pointless and too much long. Too much long. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that 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 was the typo in it. Uh, uh, what college is forcing people to watch this? It must be a film, a film school thing. I would hope so because, I mean, I couldn't imagine any required class that would have them watch that would have any student watch this movie unless it was a film school or I guess an art school. Oh yeah. Well, film okay. School. So, interesting tidbit about the movie. There is no CG in the movie whatsoever. It's all practical effects. Wow. Really? Practical effects, practical sets, everything. Except for one thing. Uh-huh. The elephant at the end is CG because they could not get a elephant to Italy in time for the filming. <laughs> this is really funny. George Lucas was visiting the set the day that Scorsese found out that they couldn't get the elephant, and George Lucas goes, I'm filming Star Wars, I'll just have my guys animate it for you. Are you shitting me? Yeah, no, that, that is exactly what happened. Oh, so that's why it looked like a tauntaun. Okay, there we go. <laughs> yeah, because they were filming uh, episode one at the same movie studio lot at the same time. In Italy. Okay. Or episode... Yeah, episode one. Yeah, in Italy. Okay. Like in Rome. So... So, thank you, George Lucas, for your contribution to this movie. I knew it smelled a little bit of him. Um, Just a little. The back of the elephant said Lucas Films. Uh, also, the movie was supposed to be released, I think, October of 2011. Uh, so the movie studio pushed it back a year and a half. For what reason? Because of 9-11. Oh. Oh, so, that's right. Or 2001. Why did I say 11? 2001. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so it was released in 2002. So, wait, what was the date in 2001? It was October in 2001. Okay, yeah. So, so they pushed it back like a year. Well, okay. I mean, that's, 
that's respectable. I mean, the whole New York being shot up by cannons thing might have been a little bit of a trigger warning at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, no, it's understandable. But also, like, that's a year of Scorsese just tinkering with the movie. Probably unnecessary. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He had to make sure the elephant was just right. Probably. I could just, I don't know, I could just see so many cuts and actions of... More poking of eyeballs. It's like, cut, okay, poke the glass eyeball again. No, cut, okay, do it again. Did you have any more lovely reviews you'd like to share with the people? (laughs) No, those are like the best four I found. A lot of people either really, really loved this movie or really hated it. There's no middle ground. Oh, okay. So, um, speaking of loving or hating this movie, what star rate, how many glass eyes would you give this movie? <laughs> um, I was going to say, uh, I was going to give it four out of five cleavers, but glass eyes works, works as well. Yeah, this movie, although I wouldn't have picked it, it was good. I would give it 3.5 glass eyes out of five. I would say at the end, I was like, okay, okay, I get it. Especially now knowing what it was about. Yeah, no, I, I man, I really, I really like this movie. Um, and then uh, I know you're going to ask me if I would recommend it. And I would. I would re- recommend it to everybody to at least watch once. I know it's super long, and hopefully our next movie is not so long. But uh, I think everybody should watch it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... There are people definitely I know that I would recommend this to. My stepdad is definitely one. I think he would get such a kick out of this movie. I honestly don't think he's listening. He is from England, so he has a real accent. Not a potato-eating accent, but still has a real accent from across the pond. And I think he'd get a kick out of the accents as well. Oh, they're awful. They're so bad. Well, yeah, that and the frequency with which they appear and then disappear, that too. Cameron didn't eat her potatoes this morning, someone. <laughs> someone needs to get in there and mouth the words off screen to her. <laughs> so start all of your words with TH with just a T, okay? She is so wonderfully miscast in this movie. That's what I thought too. I was like, she looks so out of place. She just. She was good. She did her, you know, dramatic-ish part where she talked about saving up all of her money and going to California. That was that was good. Anyway, uh, Gangs of New York. Uh, watch it, listeners. If you haven't seen it, I'd say go see it. I generally actually watch movies after I've heard the podcasts on them. So that's just me, though. <laughs> so I guess closing out where can the people find you peter um uh i do a bi-weekly video game board game podcast called peter versus peter um we have a new episode well i'm not even gonna say that because i don't know when this is gonna get posted but we have i we just recorded a two hour long final fantasy episode (sighs) that was uh that was daunting episode seven yeah i would assume okay Uh, it's just the longest and then um, I guest hosted on a podcast called Amusement Sparks, and we designed a Dungeons and Dragons theme park, and Neat. that just came out. Yeah, it was very, it was very cool. It was a very good experience. 
Uh, and I'm at Twitter at Pete uh, at Zenzuma Z E N Z O M A. Cool. Um, yeah. By the way, definitely listen to Peter versus Peter. I am now totally up to date on all of their episodes. <laughs> it's good. Oh man, that last episode with my best friend Estevan, we bicker so much. It's like it's like we hate each other, but I've known him for like 20 years, so it's like it's just us just yelling at each other all the time. I did notice that, but I actually really liked it. I was like, I love it when people you can tell have known each other for a long time are talking to each other on a podcast. And you're like, I totally don't get what they're saying, but it's so funny to listen to them talk. Don't worry. He's on the new episode too, and the same exact thing happens. So Perfect. So, um, yeah. Any, anyway, uh, listen to Peter's podcast. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Redford underscore Ray, R-E-D-F-O-R-D. And you can find the podcast on Twitter at Amateur underscore Critics. We also have a Tumblr page, Amateur Movie Critics Cast. And if you want to suggest any movies to us, or maybe are interested in guest hosting in the future, you can email us at AmateurMovieCritics2016 at gmail.com. We are officially available on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. So Ooh, yeah. wherever you can find us, we're most likely there. I believe Spotify is something that can happen. I have yet to look into it. So, Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> I tried. I, I haven't looked into it. I thought, oh, I can definitely figure this out. No, I didn't. I haven't even looked into it. I thought, uh, maybe <laughs> in the future. I've got the, the two biggest platforms I feel accomplished for now. Anyway, until next time. Oh, okay. So do you want to count it down before we sign off? Oh, wait, what's the next movie? Uh... Oh, oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, so uh, stay tuned for next episode when we review Mean Girls. I'm so excited. <laughs> and we are I... we are going to have a very special guest host on for that episode, so stay tuned yep. everyone. And and I get to watch that movie again. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> so many quotables. <laughs> so I guess uh, signing off. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no signing off. Okay. Oh, okay. So do you want to count it down so we can maybe get it this time? <laughs> No, let's just go for it. Okay, okay so uh, signing off. Until next time, I'm Ray. Oh. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, so I'm Red, and and, I, and I'm Peter. And until next time, stay, stay amateur. amateur. We'll get this. Maybe. Tell you, like episode ten will be perfect. Yes. Stony fields to so-